Dylan, you ready to go? I'm ready. You were born ready? Excited? Um, as some would say, I'm ready, Freddy. It's Christmas Eve, Dylan. It is. Do you know what that means? Tomorrow's Christmas? Christmas is tomorrow. <laughs> and you know what happens the day after that? Boxing Day? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boxing Day. Do you know what Boxing Day is? No. So- I know it's not Christmas. It's not Christmas. It's... it's- <laughs> It's next Christmas Eve. No, uh, I used to think as a kid it was like a tradition where people would box up their toys and like give them to less fortunate people in order to make room for their new toys. That is not true. That's a nice thought. It's a nice thought. Traditionally, it was uh, where people would – their servants had to work on Christmas Day because, of course, they did. It was Christmas Day. Who was going to bring them dinner? I need my my breakfast. Yeah, and so they would give – their servants the day after Christmas off and they would give them like a box with some gifts and like leftovers from the day before and that kind of stuff to take home to their family to spend their holiday with. So it's both nice and terrible all at the same time. I mean, considering the less fortunate past of ours, I guess that's nice. It could be worse. Yeah. Absolutely could be worse. So yeah, that was, that was boxing. Nowadays it's like black uh, Friday, but in England, so everything goes on sale and people go shopping and watch uh, football. And like, by football, I mean soccer. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you know, if you wanted to know, I guess that's what I Boxing did. Day is. But the other thing that Thursday is is that's the day people will actually be listening to this podcast. So happy Boxing Day! Happy Boxing! Day. We're here to punch you in the face if you with a podcast. If you haven't realized by now, this is Bite Me Podcast. I'm Cliff. The Dylan. There's no Adam. It's okay. We're using his studio, though. It's real nice in here. Yeah, it sounds like him. Has that vague scent of Adam in it. Yeah. Um, This is episode uh, 161. It's our Christmas podcast. Wow. But it's not really special. It's just like a jingle cast. A jingle cast. Uh, Shall we we start? Yeah. All right, Dylan, tell me what you've been playing, because i got to actually look up some stuff that I forgot to do. I... I tried playing... Well, okay. Let me back up. I back played, up. I tried to play The Evil Within. I was like, oh, I don't play That's the weird, game. like, bathtub milk game, right? Maybe? I think it is. That might be The Evil Within too, but whatever. And I, I don't... There's got to be more to this game. Because <laughs> the way it started, one, just jumps you in, doesn't really teach you anything, doesn't show you the ropes at all. And then a guy just saws me up, and I'm like, what's going on? And I talked about this um, when I tried Alien Isolation, too. Like, the more you just kill me and don't let me figure out how to play this game, it ruins the scariness of it. Sure. Because I'm not afraid of this guy's chainsaw anymore because he's already hit me with it three times and I've died. Fair enough. And I'm just going to keep retrying until I'm not. So I know what he's doing. And then, like, I hid in the locker, and he just, like, sawed the locker. Like, he doesn't know I'm there. Why does he know I'm there? So you've and, like, seen you've seen uh, Last Action Hero? No. No. 
There's a scene in The Last Action Hero, and I've never seen the movie. I've only ever seen this scene. But uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back with this kid. And I think I think the plot of that movie is like they're inside a movie or something. Yeah. Anyway, they walk into his apartment, and he's got this closet. And he just takes out a gun and shoots like twice into the closet. Yeah. And he, like, opens the door and this dead ninja falls out. And the kid's like, oh, my God, how do you know he was there? And he's like, he's always there. Yeah. So maybe there's always someone in that locker, Dylan. Literally. And, like, that was just stupid. So it was a really bad, um, what's the word? Experience? Yeah, but first impression, I guess. Yeah. Just like it was not doing it for me. Yeah. And I I'm sure it's a decent game because a lot of people said it was. Like so I I know there's probably a game there. It's just off the bat it does not Did you buy it or I bought it a long time ago sure. when it was like a couple dollars, so sure. like am I out of money no. now? But then I downloaded the, des- the demo for Resident Evil 2. Oh, nice. I hear that's great. And you could instantly tell, like, oh, this is what a survival horror game in the style of Resident Evil should be. Um, because, <laughs> Resident Evil 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is apparently on sale for $20 right now, which is a pretty good oh, deal nice. for a new game that was nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah. So um, it's on sale for a while still, so maybe post-Christmas I will buy that and play it because uh yeah it was like oh this is survival horror where i'm actually just not getting randomly chainsawed in the first moment of the game and that doesn't even talk about all the crazy stuff that happens in the first three minutes of evil within like you're sliding down like a gore slide like in, you know what I don't just like into a pit of blood and guts i'm like what the heck is going on i don't ever want to slide down something people would describe as a gore slide. Yeah, it was just like guts lubricating a shoot, and Whoa. you're just like, and that was your escape route, I guess, after your the back of your foot got chainsawed, so like, why did they have to like chainsaw my leg so I'm hobbling away from the bad guy? Why can't I just run from him? He has a chainsaw. He's scary enough. I don't need to be limping, too. So it's just like, it was weird. Um, I don't like it at all. Anyway, I downloaded Star Wars Battlefront 2, and I played that a little bit. It was nice. fun. <laughs> Very nice. That's Nothing good. wrong with that at all, yeah. Dylan. Nothing wrong with that at all. I've yeah. been actually kind of in that same... Is that all you've been playing? Yeah, pretty much. I've been kind of in that same weird loop where, like, there's a handful of things I want to play, but I know, like... I know one game I'm getting for Christmas, or at least I'm 99% sure of one game I'm getting for Christmas. And it's nobody's fault. It's not like I saw it open, but it got mailed in an envelope and I picked it up. And, like, I asked for a very limited number of things for Christmas. And, like, you can <laughs> This tell, is the only one shaped like it, yeah, this. It's, it, unfortunately, video games have a very distinct shape inside of a <laughs> envelope. So there is a game that will go unnamed that I'm pretty sure I'm getting. And so I didn't want to get into anything big right before Christmas because I want to start playing that game as soon as Christmas yeah. comes. And so, I don't know. I kind of looked around. Um, Colby actually had told me to try Ruiner. It's on Xbox Game Pass. And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's like this kind of cyberpunk, I'm going to say twin stick shooter because that's the only thing that describes it. But I don't think it's exactly like twin stick shooters that you're used to, I guess. 
Um, you play this guy whose like brain has been hacked. It's set in like you know 2080 in the future where we can hack brains, and he wears like this. He looks kind of like the the guys from um, Daft Punk has one of those helmets, mm-hmm. but it has like a screen on the front that uh, like says things. And he gets hacked by a guy to go kill this dude in heaven, which is actually like a corporation, not um, the place where you go when you die. Maybe I probably won't. Maybe you will. You're a good boy, Dylan. Um. And then you you find out that, you know, you've actually been hacked to go kill this dude. And so another hacker, like, helps take, you know, that hack out of your brain and you kill the bad guys. And it's it's really cool looking. It reminds me a lot of, like, like a cyberpunk Sin City aesthetic, like a lot of reds and blacks. And, uh, it, like, it looks really cool and it's got kind of a, a cool story. It was Initially, a game that I didn't think I was going to like because I didn't think I was going to be very good at it. And then Colby's like, "No, don't worry. It doesn't. It doesn't scale. Like the difficulty doesn't. It doesn't get any harder. Um, so this isn't like a game. If you're thinking like, hey, you can get through the stuff now, you're going to be get, able to get through the stuff three hours from now. And the entire game's only maybe five hours long. And so at first, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. And he's like, just give it, give it like another half hour. And I gave it another half hour. And then I was like, oh, this game's 100% for me, and it's awesome, and it's super fast-paced. And once you get the feeling of the combat, you get really good at – because you have all these abilities that you can add on. So you can, like, do, like, a quick dodge where you can, like, you know, whoosh over to here. And there's all sorts of cool different guns, and you get, like, a shield that you can block with. And uh, you just start to feel – it's a game that does a really good job of making you feel powerful, even if you're playing it on, like, the easy levels. And if you die, there's literally no penalty for dying. You just come back at the last checkpoint, which is always super close um, to to where you died. So it's it's not... I don't know. It, it was a game that I, I wasn't sure I was going to dig at first. And like I said, it's a twin stick shooter, so you move your body with one and then you aim with the other, which becomes important because you spend a lot of time doing like running backwards and shooting in a different direction or zipping your way over here and needing to turn your body to shoot the bad guys, that kind of thing. So at first I, at first I didn't think I was going to like it, and then I just spent every minute I wasn't playing thinking about it. Um, and it, I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. And the ending, the, the only complaint I had about it is there's one boss battle at the almost very end of the game, like probably a half hour from the end, that if you – so you've got all these different abilities that you can learn. And I didn't spend a lot of time playing with the other ones because I liked the kind of default ones they gave you. And so I, I just didn't didn't worry about it a whole lot. And if you don't play – with your abilities. And the cool thing about it is you get skill points, but you can you can change your build in real time at any point in the game. So mm-hmm. you literally just hit a pause menu and you can respec in real time, which is cool. But there's a boss that if you don't have the right spec, you will never beat him, I don't think. Um I died like ten times. He's he's one of those like three phase bosses where you mm-hmm. you you hit him once and he kind of changes his tactics. You hit him again, he changes his tactics. And if you if you have the the spec that I did, he just he killed me over and over and over again. And like frustratingly, where I'd get to the third phase of his attack, and he would, I like I'd kill him, I, you know, like breeze through the first two, and then he'd just like one shot me in the third one. I'm like, this sucks. And so finally, I looked up a guide, and they're like, no, 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 you just need to, you just need to change your build to this. 
And I'm like, okay. And I did it. And literally the the combination of build that they gave, he can't do any of his attacks. So literally he just like runs at you and kind of flails. Huh. And so I killed him in like 45 seconds. And I'm like – well, that wasn't really the... Yeah, like, I felt kind of bad cheesing him, but at the same time, I'd already died, you know, like, 30 times. times so. <laughs> so it was like, I, I would have preferred maybe a little bit more balance on that one boss, but overall, the game was cool. The ending was absolutely not, like, the ending was a, like, kind of ending, and it was fun, and I, I really liked it. There's actually a new game plus for it. I will not play it, because I'm just not a new game plus kind of guy and it's also that kind of game where you can new game plus it and then raise your difficulty level and play it harder and then you probably new game plus it and raise your difficulty level the entire game is based around getting karma which you get for doing like specialized kills or opening boxes or beating bad guys and uh so i think that the idea is you could replay it you know three or four or five times and up your difficulty level but i'm just not that's not how i play video games so um, but Ruiner, yeah, it's on Game Pass, um, and it's a lot of fun. So give give that a look if you're looking for, like, a quick holiday game. Like, it's totally one of those games that you could say, like, hey, I know I'm going to have five hours over the next three days, and you could beat it. Um, I also tried uh, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, new shooty, shooty mm-hmm. army game. Um, my kid got it free with his... Uh, video card that he bought for his computer. Oh, weird. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you can't play it, but I will. I told him that was like his payment for me putting his computer together. So yeah, it's a good deal. He's got a better computer than you I do can now. use your computer. Yeah, and- <laughs> absolutely. His computer's nicer than mine, so I figure I should get something out of it. Um, but it's a uh, it's a game. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's um. Like, I guess, first of all, I would say that any time – like, we, we we don't talk about it a ton, but it comes up occasionally. Like, any time a video game developer is like, no, we're not doing anything political. Don't read anything into this. And I start playing that game. I'm like, maybe eh. you're just – maybe you don't understand what politics are yeah. <laughs> because, like, every line of dialogue in this game is just amazingly politically tinged. But whatever. Um, but the other thing about that game is like, it's fun and it's gorgeous. Like it's absolutely beautiful, but it feels so much like I'm playing, I don't know. Did did you ever play, uh, oh, what was that game? Um, dragon, dragon, dragon's lair back in the day. It was an arcade game. So Dragon's Lair was – it's kind of an interesting game. It's made by Don Bluth, who's a, like, big animation guy. Like, he did The Secret of Nim mm-hmm. and those. Um, and the entire idea was it was on Laserdisc. So it looked absolutely gorgeous in a time when games didn't look absolutely gorgeous in the arcade. And the entire thing was based around, like, a scene would happen in front of you, and you had to – there'd be an indicator on the screen about, like, which way you had to push the joystick. Mm-hmm. And if you did it successfully and in the right time – you would go to the next scene. If you didn't, you'd die horribly. Right. And it was just like a, a a game essentially made to get people to pump quarters in because they'd go like, oh, I've got the sequence up into here, and then they die, and they put another quarter right. in. Like, I've got the sequence up until here, and then they die, and they put another quarter in. Um, Interesting. This game feels kind of like that. It feels kind of like you're watching a movie that like just directs you to the right place, and then 
like tells you what to do and then you do it for a minute and then it like takes you yeah. somewhere else and tells you what to do and you do it for a minute. You know, it's it's okay guys, we're we're going to break into this Russian compound. So walk up to this wall and hit A to drop the bombs from the airplanes. You do that and they're right. like, okay, follow me. And then you wind down this thing and they're like, okay, set up here behind these things. Shoot those bad guys over there. You get two of them and I'll get two. And you're like, pew, pew. And they're like, pew, pew. Like, okay, now we're going to go up to here. And I'm like, am I playing a video game or am I – like I I have complained sometimes about – like I complained about um, Rage 2 giving you a little too much freedom. Mm -hmm. But this game is literally like you can almost feel it going – like you'll stand there behind cover and and be like waiting for something to happen and then you realize like oh nothing's gonna happen until I move five feet forward to trigger the next event and then I'll do that event and then the guys will go like okay cool move up to this next thing and that's when you trigger the next event (laughs) there's no there's no the entire thing is so controlled and so a little too set PC it's really weird um and like I said, it's it's gorgeous, and it's not yeah. it's not not fun. I'm enjoying myself playing right. it, but yeah. like I'm enjoying it in the same way I enjoy going to a like summer action movie. Right. <laughs> so you know, well, I think that's something to be said, and I think games like Doom do it better because I don't know, it's not so controlled, but it's like a lot goes for just good gunplay in a yeah. game. Yeah. Right? If if the weapons feel good and the game is fun, it doesn't really matter. But then if you put your tendrils too deep into, like, the linear quality of the game, then it's like, well, now I'm not really, like, I just want to shoot some things and then I don't really even need much of a story because I get it. It's a war story. They're pretty much the same. Which side are you on? Yeah. Go fight the bad guy. It's it's interesting too because this is like even set up so far, it's it's very much like who are you? And it's also one of those games where you play multiple characters too. Yeah. Um like I'm playing a like for I think I've played three like levels of the game, and in two of them I'm like a CIA agent in embedded in a war zone in the Middle East somewhere. And then the other one, I'm like a cop in London. <laughs> so quite different. It's different. It's weird. And I don't know. It's 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 one of those games, too, where you're like there's a lot of of you know, terrorist and freedom fighter and Russians and stuff getting thrown around where you're like, who who's the bad guy and who's the good guy? And right. who am I again? Like I work for the CIA. Like they're never the good guys. <laughs> it's yeah. It's really interesting. So I, I don't know. It's I'm sure I will finish it. It's only like four or five hours long. It's not it's not bad, but I think it's an interesting comparison because you're like Doom is a game where I go into Doom. I'm like you just turn your brain off and you shoot right, people and you just... chainsaw them in half and you have to turn your brain off for that. But this is a game where I think I have to actually turn it off like Mostly. one notch <laughs> down because you just have to be there to like absorb the story. Right. Because if you think too much about the fact that this is just a series of checkpoints that trigger events. I mean even to the point of where – I was playing as the cop, and you walk up to this 
Um, but like your next checkpoint is go investigate this mall. It's a hostage situation or something. And you you walk up to it and you like get behind a car. And if you don't move forward, absolutely nothing happens. Like you could wait there forever. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take a step like to- you have to kind of like get out of cover and take a step towards it. And then a bomb goes off mm-hmm. and blows out the front of it. But it also blows up all the cars around you. So the first time you do it, you die because there's – like, no one has a reaction time fast enough, I don't think, to go, like, oh, no, a bad guy, get out of the way. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe yeah. if you're paying more attention. And so you die. And so the next time you come up, you're like, well, I know that there's a bad guy in there with a bomb, and he's going to blow himself up. And so I need to, like, take a step far enough forward to trigger the bad guy and then run backwards, and then run backwards which, I mean, it makes the entire thing feel – Right. Stupid and cheap because you know what's going to happen. There's no there's no possibility that that guy with the bomb isn't going to come out. He's coming out as soon as you step past that invisible trigger. But there's – like I don't even think you see him enough to go like – I guess maybe if you were – I guess there is a possibility that if you're a really good shot – Right. You could shoot him before he had a chance to pull the trigger. That's probably the idea. And that's but... probably ideal, but at the same time, you can just punch the trigger and then take three steps backwards. Right. And and probably on a higher difficulty level, that may not work. You might get killed because you don't have the – like I can literally just like duck behind something and I magically heal myself. Right. But I don't know, man. It's – it's What's, fine, and it, I, I'm sure that 90% of people that bought that game just bought it for the multiplayer. Oh, and right. I got it for free, and so I'll play the single player. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to what I was saying about the horror games. Like, yeah. If you I, – I understand, like, you can't just have these non-threatening situations all the time, but at the same time, you never want to give a player a moment where they die, and then they realize what happened, so they just exploit it to get past it yeah because that's not the point the point is not for me to know there's a bomb coming out of the house so i'm just gonna go somewhere where the bomb can't reach because that's not actually what your character would do in the game because you don't know that so replaying weird segments like that really does kind of like okay i'm just i'm just moving past they're just too scripted i if i'm gonna play a horror game i want to play a horror game where 99% 99% of the horror in that game is atmosphere right. and psychology and hearing something behind me and not being sure where it is. Or, or seeing enemies, but you don't actually encounter them at that uh, moment, right? I'll tell you, the scariest thing about Dead Space, like the, which to me is probably the Best. probably the ab, like the scariest game I played, the game that kept me the most on edge, mm-hmm. um, was walking through a room and going, God, there's grates everywhere in here. I'm going to get... I'm going to get attacked and then not going to get attacked. You don't. And then walking down a hallway and thinking like, oh, it's a long hallway. There's going to be something to swarm me. And then nothing's there. And then walking into the next room and there being something like that makes you feel like, oh, okay, this is where they're going to come from. And then a guy gets you from behind. Like that right. was what made that game scary. Um, it, it was the constant like being on edge because you know something should be coming and knowing – Thinking you know where it's going to come from, and then it coming from the place you didn't expect, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was what. And and I think that game was smart enough too that had enough AI that if you got killed, it wasn't exactly going to be the the same thing the next time, right? So, um, speaking of Dead Space, I almost bought that this 
this weekend because I'll, it's three seventy four. And it, it looks sets. really good. It still look good. That's yeah. the only thing I wasn't sure is like how good does it still look? Because I mean, it's it's an old game, but mm-hmm. it looks. I think Dead I mean, Space. Compared to a lot of survival horror games, because they always kind of have that gritty look anyway. Yep. So maybe it'll just be passable. Like it'll be passable. I mean, so. that's 2008, so it's 11 years old. But I mean, that game looked really, really good when it oh, came it out. Did. So I mean, for four bucks, have you beaten it before? I don't know if I ever beat it. So probably worth it, man. Yeah, like a game's good. Game's right. real good. That's just what I want to play a good survival horror game. Which I could probably do with Resident Evil, but I just played the Evil. Man, I was like, man, yeah, this is. I thought this was going to do it for me. It just, it just did not start right. Yeah, no, I get so. it. I don't. I, I get it. So, all right. Uh, I think that's all we've played. I'm looking forward to, to playing some games. I've got eight days off starting tomorrow, so I am planning on spending that playing some video games. I'm very excited. The video games. The video games. Uh, but I would also like to thank our lovely patrons who give us the the gift of. Um, their money, I believe. Yeah, they're good people. Appreciate it. Uh, a special bite me. Happy holidays to you. Uh, that includes people like Operator Jack. Um, do they know it's Christmas in Australia at all? It's like 150 degrees down there right now, and everything's Is it on fire. Already Christmas though. I don't. Yes. Well, let's see. 17 hours ahead, so that would yes. mean. It's literally. It is Chris. Merry Christmas, Jack. At this moment. At this very moment, that you're means, probably asleep because it's like two a.m. There. If that means anything. If that means, is that right? I think he's seventeen hours ahead, so that would mean it was eight thirty-eight at night yeah. plus seven. So just barely Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Jack. The wee hours. We hope that Santa brings you everything that you deserve. Uh, Brian Henniger, Joe Cole Jr. It's still not Christmas for these guys, though. No. Actually, no. Wait. No. Yeah. No. No. It's not. Not not for anyone. Joe Cole Jr., John Tippins, Megan Phillips, Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, and Kevin Schuld. So I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Um, you're all patrons, so you can actually listen to this today before Christmas. And so then you can – or you can listen to it tomorrow and go like, hey, it's Christmas and I'm listening to this now. Merry Christmas to me. Yeah. You have all sorts of choices. But uh, mostly you are wonderful people and we love you very much. Merry Christmas. Dylan? News. Thank you so much. What kind of news is there to news? Okay, so we're going to actually talk more Christmas for a minute. And this is not going to be very helpful, I guess. I didn't think about this. It's a little late, but. This is not well planned. Oh, well, it's fine. Maybe, maybe, Maybe I'll release this. No, that wouldn't be fair. All right. Well, okay. So for next Christmas, yeah. <laughs> I'm helping you right now for something that is going to take three place 366 days from right now. If you are prepping to buy, say, your your child or your significant other or a parent or someone a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X Scarlet machine or I don't know. Who knows what systems could come out between now and then? It's a mystery. Maybe the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Swap. The Nintendo Swap XL. Yeah. So if you are buying one of those three things, Xbox New, PS5, or X, or the Nintendo Swap XL, and you're like, I'm going to give this as a gift. The first thing you want to do right now, and actually like probably right now is a good time to do it, 365 days from right now, right. open that thing up. 
Make sure it's charged if you're getting a swap XL. Make sure, you know, you like set it up. Wait until that person's out of the house and update it. Do all the updates on it and get it uh, plug and play get ready. Get plug and play ready. If you're buying them games, make sure that game is installed and then make sure that that game has updated itself. If you are buying them, a, say, a controller that needs batteries, make sure you have batteries. If it's a controller that needs to be charged, make sure it's charged. This would go for things like cell phones, too. You're getting your kid their first cell phone. Make sure it's charged. Make sure it's activated. Make sure it's ready to go. Um, so make sure you've got all your peripherals. Make sure you've got memory cards if you need them. Make sure you've got, um, like, an SD card for your, your Swap XL. Make sure that everything is... Ready to go. And there's two reasons you want to do this. And number one is because there's nothing suckier than opening up your new Xbox Series X and going like, sweet. Four hours till I can play it. It's going to be awesome. And then that's just to update the system and like another hundred gigs of downloads. That's going to be amazing. And your family's there and they're all using Wi-Fi at the same time. And 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 everyone else that got an Xbox (laughs) Scarlet thingy is also trying to do those things. And so it's super slow. Or, like, what was it, three or four years ago where PlayStation Network got hacked and was down from, like, Christmas Day until January 15th and no one could play their new stuff? Don't be one of those people. Make sure it's all ready. And then when you're done, just put it back in the packaging the way you found it and put it in a box and give it a nice set of wrapping paper and then everyone will be happy. That's what I'm saying, Dylan. Or just put a bow on it. Yeah, just put a bow on it. A bow is fine. Yeah. Take the price tag off. Don't be tacky. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, this is not going to help any of you this year because I forget how days work. But yeah, no, it's Christmas's fault that it's on a Wednesday. Who puts Christmas on a Wednesday? Yeah, it's the it's the worst day. Christmas, Christmas. should always be on a Thursday. Yeah, because no one's going to make you come to work on that Friday or Monday or a Mo- I, let's let's or a Friday. Vo- let's vote right now, Dylan, to make Christmas always on a Friday or a Monday. Or Thursday, because then we'd or, have the Friday off. You'd have the Friday off, right? Yeah, they're not going to make you come back for one day. I mean, but they they'll might. make you come back for Some two. Some companies suck, man. Maybe we yeah. should always go Friday or Monday. So you always have minimum a three-day weekend. Yeah. All right, you vote for yes? Yes. I vote for yes? Oh, uh, we win. Perfect. Unanimous. Christmas is now officially Mononymous. the last Friday or Monday of the month of December. Yeah. Effective next year, 2020. Can we change New Year's, too? Thursday I mean, that year. seems kind of weird because New Year's is important for it to be on a day, I guess. Then next year, it's on a Friday because it's a leap yes. year. Yeah. We probably can't change New Year's, so you're on your own there. That'd be weird. If I can get one, I'll take the other. Well, what if What if we made it like Memorial Day, where like Memorial Day you used to be like on a the, day, but it's just like... You just move the, it to the Monday. Yeah, it's observed. We could just say New Year's Day observed. Yeah. Kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, kind of. The purpose. It's fine, whatever. Anyway, like we Dolphin fixed... Dolphin jousting. You and I, we fixed Christmas. So they're going to write a... So Hallmark's going to come and make a story about us. They're like, yeah. two podcasters were talking about making Christmas better, and then the they ran... The level increased. It's going to be great. Yeah. I love it. All right, next up, uh, Telltale. You may remember that. Do you remember Telltale, Dylan? I've heard they told tales. I told tales. Um, I've only played, like, two of those tales. Um, I played Minecraft a little bit, the story mode. And I played uh first episode of The Walking Dead, and I, I hated it, like, a lot. 
But I don't blame the fine people at Telltale. They are hardworking, yeah. smart individuals who made games that millions of other people that aren't me loved. And so, yes. like, go to them. Which is really what matters. And then they got screwed. Like, their company screwed them so hard, and it was super sad, and they all lost their jobs, and, like, just terrible mismanagement and, and awfulness caused, like, 300 people to lose their job, and it sucked. Um, And then Telltale got bought by, like, a... V- venture capital company which usually is not a happy ending um because but i guess it's better than the current situation i mean like in this case yes it appears that that might be true normally it's not though normally that just looks like a bunch of like soul-sucking vultures who want to come and like take your ip and do terrible things with it while they exploit workers until they can fire them again but it does not appear that that is actually the case in this case which is really kind of novel um, so if you watch the Game Awards, you saw that The Wolf Among Us is is coming back again. And, and like, the good news of Telltale coming back is, like, you can buy their stuff again where you can go to Steam or wherever and actually buy things, which is good. If you, if you haven't played those games, it gives you the opportunity to try them. Um, but anyway, they announced that The Wolf Among Us 2 is being uh, coming back. And I think we talked about it last week mm-hmm. that it's new engine, new everything. Um, one thing that we learned today is that, and it was not today, it was like yesterday, day before, whatever. Whatever. Is that um, that game is actually not going to be developed internally at Telltale. It's uh, being developed by a uh, company called Ad Hoc. And Ad Hoc is actually a company made up of all the people that made The Wolf Among Us 1, which okay. is kind of weird. Um, it includes their uh, the director of that game and uh, their writer. So they actually formed their own company after getting let go from Telltale, and now they're getting pulled back. Seems like the right people to do it, though. Absolutely. So, um, but the cool thing about the, the new Telltale, do we call it like Telltale V2? Is that the way we talk about this? Yeah. The cool thing about Telltale V2 is that they're they're really taking – a look at what caused the last company to fail and are trying to change that. They're they're saying, hey, we're not going to crunch at all. We're building systems that will be easier to use and make more sense and enable the people to live like sane lives. Um, That's thoughtful. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's, it's almost like they're not a terrible predatory company. It's strange. Um, but they're also uh, like hiring ex Telltale people back where possible. It's kind of sucky. Like it's one of those like interview for your own jobs kind of deals. Yeah, but, but you know, in I theory, mean, they should probably get them. You would think. <laughs> so <laughs> who's better at your job than you? Like if Dylan got let yeah. go and they're like, you need to hire a new Dylan. I'm like, couldn't I just hire old Dylan? He's yeah. he's the best Dylan I know. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'd still do interviews. Maybe there's a better Dylan than you, Dylan. I don't know. There's definitely a better Cliff than me. So yeah. I don't know. You're not going to get along with him, though. Absolutely. See, he's probably better than you, but God, he's such a dick. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, we can't have that. See, that's why it's all it comes down to, like, if someone likes you, man. Like, it doesn't matter if you know anything. So true, like, man. <laughs> like, you do not want to share an office with a guy who smells like farts and doesn't know how to talk to you politely <laughs> i think that's really with the bar it's true. if he says please and farts in the bathroom he's great for the job. it's great for the job you're right we should just keep real dylan that's that's the best way to do it anyway telltale's back and better than ever apparently so go them um wolf among us looks cool i kind of want to play the first one because i've heard it's good so yeah we'll see all right uh google stadia you may have heard of them also google is a 
another giant corporation that is actually kind of terrible, but hey, whatever. They have good search engines. Um, they don't do anything else well, right? Yeah. Well, you know, they Google, start stuff and just and then they Google they Docs is it. dope. I'll be honest. Google Docs is pretty cool. I like I've used Docs that recently. A lot. I use it almost exclusively now. Yeah, it's real nice. So I guess they do a couple things, but they probably do a lot of. I don't know. Their Wi-Fi is pretty cool. Yeah, I have a hard time hating Google because a lot of their stuff's real good, but yeah. God, they're a terrible company. It's yeah. fine. The Wiffies. Whatever. Uh, Google Stadia is a thing that Google makes for now. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a couple more months. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they, uh, you know, we talked a couple, probably two months ago about them having a, they started their own first party studio, right? They, they, they bought up some people and some Google computers Studios. and they made a studio. I don't remember what it was called. Maybe. Uh, probably like Google Montreal because I think everyone has a studio in Montreal. Yeah. Like it's a requirement now. You have to have a company in Canada. Um, no, it is. Uh, they just bought their first third-party studio. So it is a company called Typhoon Studios, which you may not have ever heard of because they don't think they've really released a game yet. <laughs> yeah. But they have a game called Journey to the Savage Planet. It was announced, I want to say, last year – at E3 or last year at the Game Awards. It looks pretty dope, actually, and it comes out in, like, mm, three weeks. So uh, you can check out Journey to the Savage Planet. It looks good. It is not going to be – that game will not be a, a Stadia exclusive because they already have deals with Xbox and PlayStation and PCs and that kind of stuff, Steam. So you'll, you'll actually be able to check it out. But they are now a wholly owned subsidiary of Google. So cool. They're going to start making games for the Stadias. Yeah. I, I don't like – Stadia exclusives because I don't think it's going to last forever. I agree. Um, yeah, I really Stadia is so cool, and I want it to. That's one of the things I'm going to play over the holiday because I'm really interested in trying it. Yeah, but man, do I have a bad feeling? <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about this deal. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that they're starting their own first party studios. I like the fact that they're buying third party studios. I hope that that means that. They're kind of committed to this and not just buying a bunch of studios that two years from now they're like, oh, sorry, guys. We're going to have to let all of you go. Yeah, we're canceling this project. I don't know. We'll see. So anyway, I guess I'm not going to say it's good news. I'm not going to say it's bad news. It's news, Dylan. And that's what you said we're doing, news. So it's news. Uh, Have you seen The Witcher yet? I have not. There's too much stuff to watch in this world. It's impossible. The Witcher is maybe... The most violent TV show I've ever watched. It is just gory. Like, my God. There is there is a scene about halfway. I've only seen the first episode, so take that as you will. Um, there's a scene where he sticks an axe through, like, a guy's face and then just rips it up out of his head. And I'm like, that's... That's terrible. <laughs> um, there, a guy gets shot with an arrow in the eye. He chops off a dude's head. It's, you know, I think I think the thing is, is you think of The Witcher as a dude. Uh, so, uh, friend of the show, Happy Fumball, um, <laughs> summed it up as like, you know, I really thought for a a guy whose story was he's a monster hunter, there would be more monster hunting. <laughs> and yeah. in the first episode, he kills one monster and like 15 people. 
Um, maybe it's a procedural, like every episode he kills a monster. I, I, maybe. I don't know. It. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the other thing that sums it up pretty well is is uh, he said, you know, I'm 10 minutes into the Watcher or the Witcher and he's already killed a giant spider monster and there's been a host of full frontal nudity. Yeah. So, you know. Well, what do you expect, right? It's it's not bad. I like I it's a really good show so far. I'm very interested in in where it's going to go and I'm kind of interested in kind of the callbacks to the the game and presumably the books and kind of figuring out who the characters are and, and the bathtub scene. They're so I don't remember if that was in the first episode or not. I know that it does exist yeah. in the show, I know, that's but I deal. can't remember if it's in the in that one or not. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. If you have Netflix, I would recommend checking it out as long as you're not weak of stomach, I suppose, because it's pretty gory. Um, it's very like if you like Game of Thrones, I think you'll like The yeah. Witcher. Um, but that's actually not what we're talking about. I mean, yes, cool, it's a TV show and it's made out of video game, yay. Um, but but it's having another effect. Yeah, it's having another effect. So on average, um, about 13,000 people play uh, the, the Witcher 3 at any given time, um, which is actually a lot considering that game came out like, what, five years ago? Um, it's probably been, you know, I, I think this is actually Steam players. So so there are probably more people playing it other players because it just barely got released on the Switch. So there's probably some mm-hmm. Switch people playing it, that kind of thing. Um but uh, but following its release on Netflix, 50,000 people played that game. Just like, oh, my God, either I've never played The Witcher before and now I really need to see what it's about or – This makes me want to play The Witcher. This makes me want to play The Witcher, um, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean that's like what, tripling, quadrupling yeah. its player base? So, yeah. Um, so there's never been a better time to play The Witcher, I guess. And if you haven't ever played – if you have played it before and you haven't played uh, the Blunt and Wine DLC, I hear that's really good too. By the time I got done with The Witcher, I was I was pretty much done with The Witcher. But uh, it's a good game. It's really it's really long. It's really super super long. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. But there's bathtubs, so that game literally opens like <laughs> if if you if you've if you've never played The Witcher and you're wondering what kind of game it is, it opens like opening scene. Geralt in a in a bathtub and a naked lady in his room. It's it's just that. And you want more? Do you want? It sets the tone for that entire yeah. game. Um, and then he probably cuts off someone's head. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's fine. Um, but the, the the show's good. The show's good, and the game's good. So you should you should play the game while watching the show. That's the way to get the most out of The Witcher. Yeah. I think. So. All right, Dylan. You already know the answer to this, so I guess I can't ask you. <laughs> Which game, unlikely enough, uh, tripled in Twitch viewership last year? Um, I guess I guess we could talk about so so Twitch released their their stats for the year, and and there's like surprising things. You know they do this every year. So like last year, for instance, Fortnite was the most streamed game of the year. Um, like you know one point two is that a billion? Wow, that's a billion. 1.2 billion hours of Fortnite 2 watched. Like, I don't – that's an almost incomprehensible number. I don't think people realize how big a billion is. Like – It's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of people watching Fortnite. Uh, This year, Fortnite drops to number two with uh, 884 million viewers. So, yeah, it's a pretty significant drop. League of Legends bops back up to – the first place slot. That's impressive to me just – 
that League of Legends has maintained kind of the being that top yeah. game of interest for it, so long. The article I read about it gave a lot of reasons why they think that League of Legends bounced back up to the top. I don't remember what any of those were because I know nothing about that game except that Riot's kind of a terrible company. Mm-hmm. So, um, But whatever. Um, <laughs> I think that just chatting is the third place thing. I don't even know what that means. Like That's like... Is it is it like just like people that get on? Yeah, and, it's like li- kind of like the lifestyle, like it just people doing something that's not really necessarily a game. Um, they could be painting. Oh, okay. And talking. So, so it, it, I, I think it would include so all the Bob art Ross talking to you. Sure. Like I think it it will it probably encompasses more than just a very anything small that isn't subcategory. streaming a game. I guess. Yeah. Or. So IRL Less, streams and yeah, but okay. I think it probably has to be that. So it's probably not like how certain wrestling promotions stream to Twitch now. I don't think it's that. That okay. so it would be still a streamer doing something yeah. in real time, but more offline things. Yeah, okay. not necessarily a game. That's though. better than like just chatting. Sounds like super dismissive. I don't know. What are mm. you doing? I don't know. Just chatting. <laughs> Um, Dota 3 was number four last year and PUBG was number five. Um, Dota drops to number five. PUBG drops off the list. So if you're wondering how PUBG is doing this year, it's not great. Um, Counter-Strike Global Offensive was six last year. It is also six this year, which is crazy because that game is so old. <laughs> Absolutely so old, but good for them. Um, Hearthstone was, uh, seven last year. It, uh, is, uh. Dropped off to number 10 this year. World of Warcraft bought back up to number 7, speaking of old games. So a bunch of other stuff. Overwatch was there last year. It dropped a a point. Apex Legends kind of took over that spot. Um, But the most interesting game, I think, was last year, 138 million hours of Grand Theft Auto V were watched. Puts it in 10th place in 2018. This year, 523 million hours. Hours of Grand Theft Auto Five was watched. A game that came out in 2013. Mm, sounds about right. Ish. I don't know. I mean, a while ago. Let's say just let's the just end say of this the a Xbox while ago. 360's yeah. life. Um, so it almost tripled in viewership, and they they think that it's mostly because of Grand Theft Auto Five roleplay servers, where you can log into a server and become an X. So like. Uh, our friend Operator Jack plays in a Grand Theft Auto roleplay server. I think he's a cop in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so literally, like, his day is going around, like, pulling over people for speeding. And it's just fascinating. stopping people from robbing banks. And I think that this might be the culmination of what Grand Theft Auto V is all about, where people took the world and made it their own and – I don't even know how many people. I mean, how many people have to watch to make 523 million hours of watching? I mean, 523 million people watching for an hour, but I guess that's not probably what it was. No, it's wild. Absolutely wild. So, I mean, Grand Theft Auto 5 is probably like it's a weird it's weird when you think about it because that game is like don't get me wrong, I love that game. I really like that game. But I mean, there's nothing 
that you can say positive about Grand Theft Auto V. Like nobody – like the bad guys win in that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no good guys in Grand Theft Auto There are no good guys. So it's like everybody is a bad guy. You can't look at that game. You know what I'm saying though? Like it would be really interesting to like take a college course on Grand Theft Auto and look through it at the lens of what it teaches. But I think the reality is there's nothing good. Yeah, um, but maybe that's maybe that's maybe the truth that's the of it, lesson. Though, yeah. Is, uh, but because of the impact it's had, I mean, that game sold well over a hundred million copies. I, I don't even remember. I think last time we we heard about it, it was one hundred eight million, one hundred twenty million. I don't know. Well over a hundred million. It's one of the best selling games of all time. It continues to sell well, well into its I don't know sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, some amount of years. Um. And over a you know over a over a half a billion hours of of viewing in a single year, um, it strikes me as the kind of game that twenty years back from now people are going to look and they're like, man, what was it about GTA Five that made it this just cultural zeitgeist in you know 2010 to 2020? Um, and I think there's going to be some very interesting takes on that once. People are a little further away from it, you know, can look back on it. But, I mean, I think it will be interesting to see what GTA 6 does too. So, anyway, more of the story. Whole bunch of people. Maybe maybe a quarter million people watched two hours of it. Maybe that's what it was. Could be. Yeah, probably. Whatever. Uh, next up, Adam's favorite game, Ori in the Blind Forest. He was very, 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 very sad to see that that game got pushed back until March, got got pushed back about a month. But, I mean, let's be honest. Do you have any time to play other video games, Dylan? Because no. I sure don't. It's fine. Like, when games get pushed back nowadays, I'm like, sweet. That just means I can fit another game that I want to play in before that game that I want to play comes out. So, it's cool. Uh, Moon Studios is the game that makes that. They're based out of Australia. Interesting enough, they... Uh, they're just based there. They actually are a distributed development shop, so they have people that work on that game all over the, the world um, at their own their own place, which I think is cool. I want to work for a company like that someday. It's nice. Um, they are hiring now, though. So they, they say they have redefined the Metroidvania genre with the Ori series. And I don't know about redefined, but they made a really, really, really yeah. good one. I like that game a lot. Uh, they are now going to revolutionize the AARPG genre. So they are looking to make a um, – I mean, AARPG is kind of a wide yeah. wide thing. That could be a new Diablo-style game. Right. That could be a new Fallout-style game. That could be a, a lot of things. But uh, I would be very interested to see them bring the level of polish and the level of uh, – there were a lot of things I think that made Ori special. Like it had a, a kind of a cool difficulty curve that was – you were always – it always felt like you were just good enough to be where you were but never better. Right. <laughs> um, graphically gorgeous. Uh, like the the music for that game is stunning. So I'm very interested to see what they will do with an ARPG. The downside is, is it's literally just because of a job listing right now. It's probably a couple of years away. That's a that's a that's a solid Xbox. Can we just call it the Scarlet? Because I don't really like Series X. Can I just keep calling yeah. it that until it actually comes out? How about Xbooks? The new Xbooks. Yeah. The Xbooks Scarlet. Two O's. Like, can one of them be an umlaut? Just one yeah, of them. Yeah, or a U umlaut. Yeah. 
XBO with umlauts UX. Yeah. Xbooks. I don't think that's how you'd pronounce that. Xboo. <laughs> EUX. <laughs> XBEUX. It's like it's French. <laughs> the Xboo. Anyway, I'm excited about that game. I think that's going to be real good. Um. All right, so this is something I, I... my favorite story. Yeah, and I think this is going to be an interesting one to unpack. I think I've got a lot of opinions on it. I think you probably have a lot of opinions on it. Yeah. Um, so... <sighs> Video games nowadays, Dylan. You buy yourself a video game, you put in a disc, and the first thing that happens is like, hey, y'all, you don't mind. We're going to download. Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a little Mm -hmm. story, Dylan? Yesterday, I woke up. I'm like, hey, I don't have to go to work today because I'm working from home, and it's practically a holiday, so I'm not going to, like, bust my butt to get to work at 7 in the morning, even though work's just downstairs. I'm going to wake up at 6, and I'm going to get dressed to get ready. And I'm going to go play video games for an hour because I can do that. And I'm like, you know, I've been wanting to try that Modern Warfare game. That sounds yeah. fun. So I get downstairs and I'm like, oh, it's a PC game. I haven't played a PC game in a while. That'll be interesting. <sighs> Turn on my computer and it's like, hey, um, cool. Thanks for installing this game. Um, we've got a five gig patch to it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, patch yourself, I guess. That's fa- yeah, I got faster than it. It'll be fine. And then it, it booted up, and it's like, oh, hey, you should really update your video card drivers, man. Like, there's new video card drivers. That are just special for this game. It's going to make it run better. I'm like, okay, okay cool. 500 megs of that. And they're like, oh, by the way, we have to restart your computer. I'm like, in 2019, I have to restart my computer to get new video card drivers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Restart my computer. Comes back on. No internet access. I'm like, What? Restart my computer again. No internet access. Restart my computer again. No internet access. Like the sixth time was the charm. I finally got internet access again. Um, just like my video card didn't, or my my, uh, my Ethernet card didn't turn didn't on. Work, I don't know. Anyway, moral of the story is is I did not play that game yesterday yeah. because by the time I got around to playing it, it was eight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, but I think it's a pretty common thing with video games these days. You go to install a new one. You go to play it, and it's like, hey, you don't mind. I'm going to download another 12 gigs of updates because that's just how patches work. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's why I pay for really fast internet. You you go do your thing. But that's something that you don't think of being applied to movies. Like, like you don't hear about zero-day patches in movies yeah, very often, do you, Dylan? Yeah, years. <laughs> and this is generally only done by George Lucas or uh, Francis Ford Coppola with his third cut of Apocalypse Now. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Blade Runner. Like, there's yeah. like 15 there's, I mean, there's a couple of movies you know. And, then, I mean, there's director's cuts later down yeah. the road. But those are very specific reason it's like yeah. this is the director's original vision for the film versus the theatrical and those come made. out a year later on dvd right so uh this weekend a weird 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 movie called cats opened and i i actually really really want to see cats because i mean like first of all i have amc a list so like it's free like I'm you're not, not burning I'm, yourself too i'm bad. not gonna spend 30 bucks to go see cats but i'm i'm I've the reviews I've heard of it range from like oh my god this is the worst movie I've ever seen to oh my god I don't even know if this is a movie but you have to go see it and and so I'm kind of I I want to see the cluster that is cats and it like I kind of dug the trailer it looked um 
It looked like a spectacle. It like feisty. I think the worst thing you can say about Cats is it looks like a spectacle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the director of that movie, I don't remember his name. His last name is Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper has said, you know, like the special effects for this movie are just not where I wanted them to be. They – we finished visual effects like literally as it was being done. We didn't have time to review it the way we wanted to. And so – we're going to patch it. And so literally movies are – movie theaters um, this weekend will be able to download a new version of that movie because that's how movies work this day. Yeah. That it's just like they connect to a server somewhere and download a new copy of that movie. Yeah. And and for ones that can't do that, they'll literally send them a hard drive next Tuesday with a new version of Cats with upgraded visual effects. Right. Better for <sighs> – and, I mean, I see this as being the most dangerous thing in the entire world. Yeah. I, I'm i not not into this. In a, in a world where – did we talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. But about the, the – Not since it apparently, like, I don't know, has been – So, in know. one of the worst things I've ever heard – um, Son of the Hedgehog came out and everyone was like, oh my God, the teeth. And I was like, whatever, who cares? It's Sonic, like literally whatever. But the internet was a buzz with, oh my God, the teeth. And so the director was like, we're going to fix this and we are going to work night and day to make yeah. sure that Sonic's teeth aren't as freaky and his face looks more like Sonic the Hedgehog, right? And so – they, the special effects team that was working on this, they're based in Vancouver, um, worked nonstop to fix it. And so you've seen the new trailers, looks like Sonic now, I guess. Um, reportedly working like 17, 18 hour days to get it done. They got it done. Their parent company was like, hey, um, the Canadian government isn't giving us, giving us enough tax breaks to – want to keep having a company here. And so, sorry, you're all fired now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are, there are things that happen when you complain about movies. Yeah. And I'm really worried that in a world where the internet is incredibly vocal about things and awful, awful and terrible and fandoms are the worst, the worst that you're going to see movies that come out and then literally get patched two weeks in, mm-hmm. um, which which I think is, first of all, terrible for the people that have to do them. Yeah. It's terrible for the people that have a vision of a movie and then have to change that. Right, based on other people with literally zero say in the matter get to have an opinion and maybe affect the outcome of something. And that I think are generally like the squeaky wheel. Like, right. you know, I think were there people that don't like X movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have there always been people that didn't like X movie? Yes. Absolutely. And the only difference is, is now they have Metacritic to bitch on. Yeah. Um, and if enough people complain about the same thing now, it can kind of be just like changed. Yep. But I think the worst part of the movie is is when you when you patch a game, generally speaking, what you're doing in a game is you're patching out bugs. You're right. fixing you're fixing it things that um, are a potential problem. Do do story elements get changed? Yes, sometimes. Yeah. Um probably but, probably Mass Effect three being the best 
uh, instances of that where they people complained about the ending and they literally fixed that problem. Although yeah. I don't, I think that even might have gotten fixed in a DLC. But yeah, but you know, most of the time what you're fixing is bugs. And that's a super exception, right? Absolutely. Like, when you start patching movies, when you start patching stories, like first of all, that means that the movie that I saw opening day might be. A different right. movie. You're going to have so many different versions of movies. And or... so how do you even talk about it? But it also ends up being things like where I am old. And so to me, the version of Star Wars that I want to watch is the version that I grew up with. The version right. that I saw. Which is hard to even find now, right? 200 times. Like literally, if you want to if you want to watch the original not messed with by George Lucas Star Wars version. You better have a VHS tape or an old DVD. There are two ways to watch it. One is you can go on the internet and there are industrious people who have taken mostly the laser disc cut of it and made okay. a a version of the movie that is has a, a high level of fidelity that you can download and watch. Or you can be like me and own the DVD box set. It's like a special THX release of it that has the original versions as a special feature. Oh, yeah. They look like garbage. They're terrible to watch, especially on uh, like an a right, HD it's, 4K it's, TV because yeah, – It's an SD DVD. It's an SD DVD. It's grainy. It's tiny, so you have to zoom it in, which makes it look even worse. There's no way – to watch those movies in any current modern fashion that doesn't look awful. That's so frustrating. And to it's me. super frustrating to me. And I mean, and and they keep asking, even like I think I read yesterday that I don't remember if it was JJ Abrams or Rain, uh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson literally was asking Disney, like, hey, people want this. Can we make it happen? And they're like, nah, from yeah. and like that's what worries me is that we're going to start seeing movies released. That then get patched. I mean, the thing is, is with digital distribution and uh, digital distribution both to movie theaters and to homes. I mean, when you think about how many DVDs you buy now versus how many DVDs you bought 10 years from now or 10 years ago, like it's very easy for them to go like, hey, we put three different versions of this in the movie theater and we've continued to patch it for home video. Right. Like The version you get, you know, from Netflix could be different than the version you saw in the the last run in the theater. They can, right. you know, when when you look at how much of movies are are even created digitally now, where it's two actors on a green screen, or you know, hey, we added some footage, or hey, we took some footage out. And this isn't this isn't to me like what they did with um, Avatar, where you. Release a movie, it goes to Blu-ray, and then you re-release it in the theater with an extra 15 minutes of stuff. Like, that was a very clear, we released it, it came out, and then here's essentially some deleted scenes that we think are actually, might make this better. But both of those versions of the movie still exist. And on the DVD, the extra footage is just extra features. Um, This is like, you know, if you didn't pay attention to the news and you see Cats next week, you don't know that there was another version of that movie out. Right. And that to me just seems and sure it's in this case it's a fidelity update yeah. more than anything, but still like it's it it sets this precedent that you can now do this. Yep. And, and not not just for a and the other thing is like, well you release the movie. Yeah. It's not like oh we gotta wait or like you didn't you didn't 
push back the production or the release of the film. It's like, no, you just released it anyway. Yeah. And we're like, and we're not happy with it. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, you'll often hear, and I, I think this is a terrible argument. It makes me very stabby. Well, I remember back in the day when Super Nintendo games came out, those didn't need day one patches. Yeah. And you're like, like, first of all, you don't understand the difference between how complicated yeah. a Super Nintendo game is versus a AAA game being put out now. Like, those aren't. Right. Those are, but then what, what about the one case where the game did release and it. It's broken. Right. It's broken yeah. and you can never fix it. Right. Yep. So. You know, whatever. Like, day one patches are a thing that are always going to exist. It has more to do with, like, the way the industry works nowadays um, than it does with anything else. But also just games are complicated. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I think that that is one of the things that you're just going to have to deal with and accept. But, man, I I don't like that applied to movies. I think that that sets a really dangerous precedent. And it gives a yeah. lot of a lot of very angry loud and small voices yeah. a huge amount of impact and that's what i like the least yeah like um i can see movies changing because a very vocal minority is very vocal. right i mean it, it's there's a lot of times too where the the fandom's voice is harmful because it you you don't want the film to turn out the way you think it's going to, yeah. right? You you want some of the stuff to, oh, I was right about that. Oh, I was right about that. But then you want, oh, that surprised me. Because yeah. if if the new Star Wars was exactly what you thought it was going to be, what fun is that? Yeah, exactly. If it never challenged you and it never surprised you in any way, that's the most boring movie you've ever seen. Well, and so I think the worst thing about it, too, is, I mean, especially for, I haven't seen the current Star Wars, but the last Star Wars, is a lot of the... A lot of the discourse around that movie was – and a lot of the loud discourse yeah. was based heavily in, like, racism and misogyny. Like, do you – is that really the people you want editing your movie yeah. after the fact for you? Like, I certainly don't. So, I don't know. This this is, I think, going to be really interesting to watch. Like, maybe there will be a complete one-off. Yeah. And, you know. I honestly don't think this is going to become a common thing, especially for – this is happening to cats. Yeah. This isn't. What a weird movie like, for it to happen to. And yeah, and again, it's it's a fidelity thing. Yeah. So it might be the one-off thing, but it's something I never really even thought about. <laughs> I didn't until right? yesterday. Obviously, if you sent a bad cut of something, like, oh, th- we realize that this thing's not. Yeah. But you would catch that. Like, there is no way a movie is getting sent out with just like a scene just like black screened. Like, yeah. the Sure, there might be a bad file somewhere, but they're not sending out something that wasn't ready. Yeah, like, I don't there's know, just man. So many hoops to jump through. I'm, think, I'm not so. normally like a slippery slope argument kind of guy. This seems like a really yeah. weird slope that we're right at the top yeah. of. So anyway, keep an eye on it. Yeah. I, I what I wonder is more of this will start happening and you don't even know about it. They won't make right. the announcement. And like, maybe that's the reality. Yeah, too. you'll start seeing um, weird, especially for long running yeah. movies. I mean, I think the Sonic thing is a much bigger yeah. problem overall and that's where the real problem Absolutely. probably stems from is yep. because a lot of people worked really hard and then unfortunately got fired which Ugh. who knows maybe that had to do with 
how much money they ended up having to spend on yeah. doing all the work all over. The work over now you're spending all this extra money, and they can't afford that anymore. But I mean, so, and that happened to cats too. Like the so, the the fidelity and and the CGI changed in between the first trailer and the release too, right. where they people were like, Ugh, and they they modified it again. So, so I don't know. I'll, it, I'm going to try and see cats this uh, this holiday. I'll yeah. come back with a review. Yeah, I want to review because I'm definitely not watching that. It is certainly not. I'm so excited. It looks so weird. I love it. Yeah. All right, Dylan, what time is it? I think it's time for some questions. I think it's time for some questions. Who should we take questions from? <gasps> hey, yo, Vin. What, what, what question you got this week? It's definitely good. Definitely good. Um, one thing you're going to want to do, Dylan, is you're going to want to refresh because there are new questions. I've added Ooh. questions in the in the flow of this podcast. See, day one patch. Day one patch. <laughs> All right. So Vinny's question is, if you were an avid eSports watcher, which I am not, what game that currently doesn't exist in the eSports field would you like to see? It can be funny, serious, etc. What would you like to see be made into an eSport, Dylan? But a game that doesn't currently exist. Yeah. So we're not talking Dota. We're not talking Counter-Strike. We're talking what would you like to see made into a competitive sport? I think I would I would like to see more like turn-based interesting games. Yeah. And maybe that probably just doesn't catch on because it's so much Slow. slower, right? And people like the fast pace, something's always happening kind of thing and then the rounds over and you can kind of regroup. But I think there's like really competitive like turn-based games are there's yeah. so much thinking involved with every single move. So I think that's a very there's so much you can, uh, like, I mean, just a game of chess, right? Yeah. Like, People can... have been studying chess for hundreds of years, and there's books on every single move and reaction and counter and why certain players made these moves in the spot. Like, from, I mean, so I think I think that's a, a market that I would like to see more, and I don't know what game that is necessarily, but I think there's, maybe it's a game that hasn't been made yet, but. I think I could see like even like a civilization type game being made. And I think the the thing you got to think about too is like the presentation of that. Right. Um, Like, yes, there is a place in this world for basketball and football, super fast paced, you know, Mm -hmm. very high fidelity graphics, you know, plays with arrows, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's Overwatch. That's those things. Which Um, is great. It's cool. Um, But I will admit like the reason I don't watch much of like the Overwatch League or, um, even Dota stuff is that I it's so fast paced that I have no idea what's going on most of the time. And even someone like I don't I'm not gonna say I know everything about Overwatch, yeah. but I I know you play more I ways. know what's going on yeah. and it's it's the and the, the other problem I don't like with a lot of esports um is because so much of it is from a first person's perspective especially in overwatch you don't yep. really see the other 11 players yep. you can get then you get the overhead view and then it gets really like okay i see where they're at okay that's kind of cool but it's still kind of but messy. it doesn't really work and i think mobas are a little better about that because yeah. they're not quite as fast paced and they don't cycle quite as fast yep. so these these fights but the map is still big so there's 
three to four different things going on at any one time. Yeah. And then the team fights are kind of cool because everyone comes together. But there's it's still like the minutia of what's going on. And there's all these complicated mathematics happening behind the scenes yeah. of of what damage is being dealt. And you can't – no one can actually digest and process yeah. all that information. So – like I'm imagining even I mean civilization probably is really cool to watch high level civilization players. That's a pretty slow game. Yeah, but I think if presented um, right, but, like you present that more like a golf game. Right. Where you're going from player to player and showing what they're thinking and talking and about talking the strategy like behind this. it. Yeah, talking like this and really quietly. Quiet. Oh right. Looks like uh Kingslayer four is about ready to take his Gandhi is gonna nuke him. Gandhi's <laughs> gonna nuke him. <laughs> um But you know what I mean? Like that that style of game where it's where you're going from player to player, where you have real commentary behind the fact, and it's just a little bit just pulled back a little yeah. bit. Um, I could I could see that working. I right. could really see that working. Um, and I'm imagining a game kind of like chess. Like I want, I would love to see a new like what what like Tetris '99 did for like just taking Tetris and making it something in 2019. Like I'd love to see what like chess 2020 is. Yeah. Um, and I guess there was auto chess, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's exactly what I'm what I'm looking for here. But something where you would assemble some sort of squad like a MOBA, but you're kind of playing on a chessboard. Maybe there could be obstacles. Maybe you move around. Maybe it's like kind of a turn based tactical XCOMy thing. Yep. Um, so maybe it is a smaller MOBA, but it's turn based. Something like that. Would I think. That could be cool and interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think that could uh, be cool. Because it everyone can literally follow it. Like yeah. you can follow exactly what's going on. But I do like that video games give you something that chess doesn't where maybe I can run a team with four bishops. Yeah. Yeah. And no no pawns. Maybe yeah. I'm going no pawns. I don't like the idea of like squad building and team building and composition, like that's fun too, because that's where like the sports comes in. Yep. Like where you can design your team, yep. right? You get a draft players and things to your team. So with esports it's cool because you actually have real players and then you have like your in game players Absolutely. and characters, right? So like that's a fun aspect that I want to I want to keep in the game, so it's not just chess. Yep. Um, because there's something you want a video game to add something. Otherwise, we were just playing digital chess, yep. and that's cool too because it allows people to play chess with people that aren't in the same room as them. So that's cool too. But yeah, no, I think that's uh, a really good idea. That was not something I considered. I think that's actually a, a really yeah. cool idea. I was thinking a, a cool esport would be. Um, like at first I was thinking like competitive like I was almost thinking like a parkour kind of thing where like like a mirror's edge or um, that'd be cool even like a uh like there's a lot of minecraft parkour courses, but the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about like uh what are the, what do they call the the hard mario maker levels um it starts it's like a Japanese word starts with a Hey, maybe whatever hard Mario maker levels, yeah. but play them competitively. So like, think about like, um, uh, wow. What's that Ninja warrior show? Yeah. Like, so where you're doing like timed trials of extreme platforming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you, you run one and you run one and you know, you, you see who, 
who can do a, a level that they've never seen before fast. Right. That that is a that's a pretty interesting idea. Yeah. So I think I, I think there's I think that there's a lot of like I do not watch any esports right now because mm-hmm. literally none of them interest me. But I think a lot of it too is just because like the presentation is cool, but it feels like most of the presentation for esports now is like cheesy gamer. Yeah. Um sponsored by Cheesy Gamer Gatorade. Yeah. Um I'd like to see esports maybe mature into something that was a little bit less cheesy and and more interesting. But that being said, I think I love I love the fact that esports exist. I love the fact that Adam's looking at us right now like what are you doing in my office? I did not expect to hear this early. What are you doing here before 10, Adam? Yeah. Would you like to be on our podcast? You're fine. You sure? <laughs> Would you like to be on your podcast, Adam? <laughs> I have to poop. <laughs> we were, you heard it here first, folks. Adam Adam's has pooping. to poop. <laughs> we got like maybe 20 minutes. All right. Anyway, uh, I don't know how to break off that, so we're just going to yeah, go to the next question. <laughs> Joe Cole says, what game, in your opinion, is the gift that keeps on giving? Always something new to be discovered or updated, updating to promote the life of the game. Mm. Always something new to be discovered or updated uh, to promote throughout the life of the game. What game would you like to gift to someone? Apparently, this is GTA Five. Absolutely. Because now there's role play servers. Um, there's just so much game there. I would say, <laughs> uh, if if I was going to give the gift of game to anyone, it would be Game Pass because I think that Game Pass is literally like for fifteen bucks a month, you can give people the bestest game ever, and that's awesome. Yeah. Which is all of the games. Um, but if I was going to do a single game, it would probably be Destiny. Yeah. Um, I think Destiny kind of has something for everyone. You can play it solo. You can play it with a group. You can play it like in story mode. You can play it in, uh, you can play multiplayer, um, like PVP. Yeah. You can grind to get better stuff. Like it kind of really does yeah. encompass a lot of things. And it's being developed relatively rapidly to give more stuff so if i was gonna that's a pretty good answer for if i was gonna choose one it would probably be that uh justin solace says he sees this question a lot on reddit and man i cannot tell if this dude's joking or not i will be completely honest uh not about the question but about his answer (laughs) to it if you're trying to get someone into gaming a new friend or maybe boyfriend or girlfriend what is a good game to start with i said dark souls and like man either that was the most trolly answer in the world (laughs) because like if you want someone to hate video games for the rest of their lives give them dark souls man (laughs) um that is, it's pretty funny though. Um, I actually was talking like literally, it comes up often. But um, I've been playing Hunt with my buddy, yeah, yeah. his buddy, and <laughs> he was asking me all the hard questions. Who? What's like? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite game? Like, and yeah. then you think about it, it's like this is hard. And then he's like, "What game do you hate the most?" Or like, "What's the worst game ever?" I'm like, "Bloodborne,", Bloodborne. <laughs> and they'll tell you why, and they're like, "Oh, I get it," because <laughs> and. and and I don't know if Dark Souls is exactly the same. Close I don't, enough, like, man. I understand they're similar, um, and I don't know where I don't know where the discrepancy between those games yeah. is. But man, I can't say enough bad things about Bloodborne. Right. Like for a game that I legitimately wanted to really enjoy because the atmosphere is cool and it's I like big swords and monsters. Like that's cool. And yeah, man. Oh man, so. I want to get the hype, but I just can't get on that train, yeah. man. I've played a couple Souls likes since I played Bloodborne and Dark Souls, and there have been a couple that I've enjoyed. Like, yeah. um, I really liked Ashen a lot. 
Um, but I was not great at it. Um, like I even think that like uh, Jedi Knight Fallen Order has is kind of a Souls like. But I hated all the Souls like elements of it. Like I thought it was a fun game, but I hated so many of the like Soulsy kind of yeah. decisions it made. So whatever. Um, I think if I was going to get a friend into a game, it kind of depends on the friend. If it was a yeah. like say a friend of mine, I probably again would recommend. Um, like a Destiny or a um, the Division. Uh, I think in this assuming case, they had some gaming prowess. Yeah, and I think in this case, Borderlands is another game that seems to appeal to people outside of maybe not three in this case, but I know it's a game that appeals to people that generally don't get into games. Yeah, um, I could. See I have that. a buddy that like didn't have an xbox just bought an xbox and borderlands because he was kind of familiar with it from before sure and he sunk a lot of time into it yeah. so it's like it was it's kind of a a, a case scenario that yeah. um i would say a there's a lot of content game. too yeah. and maybe that's it too is like you can play with a friend yeah um, or you can play it by yourself yeah so yeah, I think I think if you're trying to get a uh, like I I cannot speak for how to get my boyfriend in playing video games because he doesn't exist. Um, but like if I was trying to get my wife to play games, and and when I have gotten her to play games yeah. at least successfully, it's usually like a cuter co-op platformer. Yeah, um, those always go well. Yeah, I think one of the things that we as gamers often don't think about is the biggest barrier to entry to get. Um, a non-gamer into gaming is that using a dual analog stick of any kind in a 3D yeah. space is so much harder than yep. – like we've been doing it for decades by now at this point. Yeah. And so it, it works. Whereas um, people that have not – like, you know, the last thing they seriously played was a Super Nintendo or a, yeah, that know, a Genesis or something. dimension is yeah. very complicated. Really hard. I mean – I remember when I went from being a PC gamer to getting my original OG Xbox and playing Halo. And, man, the first two hours I played that game was like, hey, me shooting the ceiling. Hey, me shooting the floor. Hey, me shooting the ceiling. You know, it was it was hard to get used yeah. to. So I think that's a – if you can find a game that makes that as minimal as possible, I think yeah. that that's uh, good. I think Rocket League is also a really good game that's because good it's, one, it yeah. doesn't quite – like you can just get in and bump around a lot. It's not too yeah. bad. Um, uh, we played a bunch of uh stick fight and uh duck game. Yeah, those kind of games are good too. Um, simple Nidhog. Nidhog is is pretty funny. I used to get a lot of people into gaming playing uh Super Straight uh Super Puzzle Fighter Two. Wait, Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. Two Turbo. Yeah. Um, because it's it's a pr- game that's pretty easy to get into, hard to master. Yeah. So. I think there's some. There's it, definitely some games out there. It's interesting, but I think. I mean, games are really complicated now, so it's like, to me, it's almost like crapshoot. I don't yep. know if I was trying to get someone to do a game. Like, if you ask this question about board games, I'm like, I got that locked in. <laughs> board games are, I think there's a there's a much more noticeable tier of how they yeah. get more complex in a game like Settlers of Catan. Yeah. is a very traditional board game, but kind of introduces, like, more complex ideas, but it's very fundamental i think and it's to me it's like that perfect board game that you can kind of play with anyone but there's a lot of stuff you can do with it yeah i really like i've only played sellers once yeah and like that's the game like that can really be like show some there's more to board games and it's not it's not like the monopolies or the saris or like these really like you spin the wheel and you move around the board there's strategy to it like it's it's a real strategy game but it's it's fairly simple in its presentation and from there 
like you can kind of move up the ladder, yeah. so to speak. But I had a friend who this was years ago, I was probably 12 or 13, was like tried to get like, hey, let's play this game. And like I think he thought because he'd played it before, he would have like a big edge up on me. Uh-huh. Um, but I like picked up on the strategy of Settlers real fast. Yeah. And the I, like it's it's like Apex for you. I've played it once and, and I, I won. won. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and he never wanted to play it again because he's like I, I think sh- sh- won. Win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was real uh, bummed. Well, I, I uh, think then that's why I think that's a testament to how good of a game that is though is yep. you were able to pick it up and compete in the first game because yep. often like if you play a game you've never played with me the first time, I'm going I'm going to beat you. Yep. The second time you might have a chance, yep. but if a game really kind of has itself figured out, it can if it has some basics that you can grip right away, yeah. you should be able to compete at least and yep. then you can get into the more nuanced strategies Absolutely. and like figure out hey, what do I want to do this game? Absolutely. All right, uh, next up, Cody Greenwood. He says, sorry if this has been asked before, but what games have you put the most hours into, both multiplayer online and single-player story games? And this has been answered before, but apparently not recently enough that you know the answer, so hey, we'll answer it again. And I don't even know if I know the answer. For (laughs) me, um, uh, he said actually for him, Black Ops is his biggest multiplayer game. And uh, I think he said his single-player game was Fallout 4 or Fallout New Vegas. So both excellent games to put a bunch of hours into. Um, For me, uh, single-player was Skyrim. I put probably... Oh, 120 hours or so into Skyrim. I think that's um, what I did too. For multiplayer, it was uh, definitely Rocket League. I have, I don't know, probably somewhere. It's hard for me to keep track because I play it in a bunch of different places. Um, but it, like, it was pretty much the only game I played for about a year. Um, and I probably have somewhere between like five and 800 hours into Rocket League. So, uh, mm-hmm. I and man, I'm. I think the worst part about it is like that is a game that I put five or eight hundred hours into, and I'm not that good at anymore. <laughs> like I lost yeah. all of that. So, meh, whatever. Um, between Skyrim and GTA, probably. Yeah. Um, I've played those a lot, and then multiplayer is hard to to think it's about. Really hard to. I didn't know what what games. Like I know I played some of those Call of Duties a lot at I, that time. Um, but now maybe I don't know how many hours I've actually put into like Overwatch or something yeah. recently, yeah. Um, League of Legends stuff like that. Like over time, I've played them quite a bit, but it's hard to hard to say. It's uh, it's one of those things that I really wish, and I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again, is that I wish games were better at keeping track of that for you. I wish they would keep track of when you went idle, so I didn't like background a game and it tracked me playing it for three days, I mean, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, there's, I've definitely put, definitely put some times into games. Uh, Kim Cruz has a, a very, uh, Hans like question actually. Well, I mean, Hans adjacent. I like it though. He says, is nightmare before Christmas, a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? I think the best thing about night before Christmas is you can watch it from Christmas or from Halloween through Christmas. Absolutely. It's, it's the best holiday movie. I, uh, I think it's a good like there are not very many traditional Thanksgiving movies. Yeah. Um because it's barely a holiday. Um like you can watch I think there's a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving mm-hmm. show, but past that like there's not a lot of good Thanksgiving movies. I think that Nightmare Before Christmas is the perfect Thanksgiving movie because it sits on the cusp of both. Right. So and I think if you were really to break it down you would have to go Christmas in the case of Halloween versus Christmas because it exists after Halloween. 
Like, the setting is the day after Halloween, right? I do not disagree with you, so, but I actually think of it as more of a Halloween yeah. movie than I do a Christmas um, movie. So, And it revolves all around, I mean, it's all about Christmas. I mean, it's let's not be, really... Let's be honest, Dylan. Is there a song in that uh, movie called This Is Christmas? No. Is there a movie a song um, in that movie called This Is Halloween? But there is a song with... Making Christmas. It's making Christmas. Yeah, yeah, which you do before Christmas, which yeah. just makes it Halloween. Movie. But it's after Halloween. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Whatever. The answer I is... I mean, once Halloween's over, you put up your Christmas lights, right? So, I mean... <laughs> Dude, it, I put up my Christmas lights two days ago. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, I absolutely. It, but, but, yeah, I think... I think it really is a a Christmas movie because it's all about Jack's discovery of this new holiday that he's unfamiliar with. I think the so actual I'm answer to understand it, but it's why not both? Right, it's and that's that's my real answer. Watch it on is, Halloween and then watch it again on yeah. Christmas. That's like two months apart. You'll be good. It's great. Like the the real answer is I can't, I mean, that movie's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's my it's one of my favorite movies, it's real good. but. Uh, it would be an interesting essay to really actually like break <laughs> down the movie. Maybe maybe that's something I'll do. Hello, and here is my 19-page essay on Is the Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. a Halloween movie or a Christmas yeah. movie by Dylan G. Hubber. Yeah. I don't know if your middle initial is actually it's G. It's not a G, but... Could we make it a G? If it, I find enough, Does that flow better? If I find a middle name that starts with a G that is better than your Gwenifer? actual middle name, will you legally change it? My middle name's pretty cool. Fine. Very tough-sounding. You have to tell us now, Dylan. I'm not telling you. You suck. Uh, Donald Good asks, what fictional holiday character would you like to play as in a sweet VR game? Drop off presents as Santa, steal children as Krampus, or be the Easter Bunny or Tooth Fairy and uh, any holiday magical being? It would be an action-adventure game, and we design the mission. I think. So, in an all in a in a future in which Christmas is over because um post apocalyptic Christmas nightmare. Maybe. Sure. I was thinking more for some political reason Christmas has sure. been taken. Absolutely. Away from the, the war against people, Christmas. Right? So yes, the war against Christmas has succeeded. Santa <gasps> is now out of a job. It's just called so holiday he works now. for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> delivering packages. Um so it's just Death Stranding with Santa Claus. <laughs> Death Santa Claus. Yeah. So Santa Stranding. So I think the the first good answer is uh, Groundhog's Day because they already made that VR game. And I keep forgetting about it. I desperately need to play that. Groundhog's Day is a holiday, right? Yeah. It's um, a very important one. I am kind of enamored with the idea of, of the Tooth Fairy, though, where you like have to sneak in. It's like houses. Hello Neighbor. But- exactly. <laughs> That but is exactly what was in my head. It's hello, yeah. neighbor, except you're stealing teeth. Yeah. That could be real good, man. Or like a – like, could you imagine if it's hello, neighbor – or I'm sorry, if it's it's the Tooth Fairy, but it's like a survival horror game? Yeah. <laughs> I love this I think idea. there's a lot of potential with holiday characters. Well, I think like the idea of taking teeth is so like macabre too yeah. that it, it really lends itself to a bunch of different things. Um, what other good holidays are there? Um, hmm. So I mean, there's not a lot of good holidays that have you need that mascot like, characters, like, yeah. right? I think the Tooth Fairy is pretty. Tooth Fairy is good. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think if there's like some sort of Thanksgiving thing where you're either 
like a turkey – maybe like a turkey trying to escape from right. – uh, from the person with the hatchet could be interesting. Yeah. Like you're like it's a like an endless runner, but I don't know if you could do an endless runner in VR. That seems vomit inducing. Yeah, so sure. I want to figure out like a I want to figure out a, a don't talk and or keep talking and no one explodes holiday version yeah. though. Uh, there's got to be something there, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna steal teeth. Uh, final <laughs> question. Mr. Polite says, what video game would adapt well for television? Uh, the Witcher, I understand. Yeah. Um, let's see. What cool game would – I would love to see a Half-Life game being made into it. I think it could be a very interesting, like, X-Files-y type, uh, type game that you could – or type show you could take to TV. I think that would be good. My answer is always GTA. Oh, yeah. It is. There's so much to – to open it. it's literally perfect for yeah. especially like a netflix series now. yeah like that could be real good it would not surprise me at some point kind of surprised that hasn't happened already to be honest yeah. the game's so big it's like there's so much world and you already have different cities built into it like it already has its spinoffs built in you have all these characters which makes me think that like Red Dead would be too, but then I, I got under the surface of them like Red Dead's more like they took a good like cowboy movie and made it into a video game than a good video game that would make into a good TV show. Right. There's kinda, nothing really super unique it, about it, it. It is a western, yeah. so I mean it, yeah. it. It has kind of the same themes as a western. Yeah. So yeah. pick your best western. And yeah, GTA kinda, is a good answer. But, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I, yeah. All right, uh, cheap free games to play over. I was going to say over the holiday season, but these all come out in January, so they're really not. Uh, Stick Shades of Shards of Darkness is coming out uh, between January first and the thirty first on Games with Gold. Uh, Batman: The Telltale Series is out the sixteenth to the fifteenth, uh, January sixteenth to February fifteenth on uh, Xbox One. That's a new one, and I hear that's really good. I watched Vinny play. Part of it on yeah. one of the streams. I watched pretty part good. of that too. And yeah, it, I, I think that. it was the beginning, and it it started off pretty pretty good. So. Yeah, uh, backwards compatibility. You've got Tekken Six, uh, January first to the fifteenth. If you like fighting games, that one's cool. And uh, Lego Star Wars Two: The Original Trilogy is uh, another backwards compatible game, and that game is dope. I like that a lot. So there's your games with gold games for next month. Uh, Epic Game Store is giving a game away every day between um, about three or four days ago and the end of the year. So if you have not grabbed those so far, I'm sorry you missed them. Um, there's been some good stuff, too. I do not know what today's is. I think it's Celeste. Oh, Celeste is so good, man. Let's see. You are probably right. But I will confirm if this loads. It is Celeste. So... Uh, you could get that uh, between now and Christmas Day. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can grab that right now. Do it. Celeste is good. Um, but there's another, I think, six or seven free games yeah. because there's one, like I said, every day through January 31st. So if you're not grabbing those, you're missing or out on December 12th. 31st. Right. December 31st. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, you're missing out on stuff. You also still have uh, like six or seven days to buy the uh, Humble Jingle Jam bundle. It's 30 bucks. Uh, benefits charity. There's a bunch of games in there. I mean like 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 30, 33, 36, 39, 42, 45, 48, 51. Holy crap. 54, 57. 60, 66-ish games I'm going to go with there. So for $30, you're paying less than 
like what fifty cents a game, and there's some good stuff in there too. So uh, they've revealed all of them. Cause I think it just goes. I don't. I don't know how they do. I swear it used to go through Christmas like an advent yeah. calendar, but whatever. You can go actually look at them all now and see if there's anything you want there. Um, I think it's. I think it's thirty bucks. So Jingle Jam's cool. Benefits charity. They've sold seventy seven thousand of them, including one to me. So boop, boop. you know, do that. Um. I think it's all, Dylan, right? I think so. All right. Well, I, you know, you wonderful people have a lovely holiday. If you a celebrate holly, Christmas, Christmas, I uh, or other holiday of your choosing, yeah, you know, have have a great Christmas. If you're in the middle of Hanukkah right now, yeah. happy Hanukkah! Because uh, the first day of Hanukkah was on the 22nd, I think, so it goes for another seven days from the 22nd. Um, Krampus, I suppose. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of if Saturnalia. If you celebrate that, still good pagan ritual. Uh, congratulations there. And uh, just, just have a great holiday and have a happy new year. We'll be back probably next week. I'm not working, but, but we could do something remote. We'll it's all the it illusion out. of work anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I man, I got to work today in 20 minutes. It was magic. Yeah, 14. My commute is normally like. It really makes you put into perspective yeah. how much other people inconvenience you. I usually drive like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, 20 minutes today, maybe 22 minutes. So anyway, have a great holiday and we will see you soon.